Are you ready for the word of the Lord? I'm going to talk to you today about uh, walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Now, a few weeks ago we started talking about the law, and I haven't gone away from that. I think there's maybe one or two more sermons that I want to preach about the law. The law which you find in the book of Moses. Wasn't it wonderful last week when our brother Ian was preaching us about the book of Moses? It was wonderful, isn't it? Did that change your mind about the word? Certainly for me. And uh, we go back and we find the law of God in the book of Moses, which was compiled by Moses under the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to come back to that. But I remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about the law is not for the righteous. And I had to address that a few weeks ago. I had to make you understand where the righteousness is sitting. His righteousness. He's clothed you with His righteousness. And righteousness is a lifestyle. It is living His righteousness in your life. And then there's a second verse that came out of that very first sermon that I preached. And it's the verse in Galatians chapter 5. Now, for those who do follow the grain of encouragement, I've gone through verse by verse in Galatians, the whole letter of Galatians. I would point you towards YouTube to go and listen to that, where Paul addressed these Judaizers who came into all those churches in Galatia. He doesn't write that letter to one church. He should write it to all of those because there were people coming in and they tried to take people away from the liberty of the Holy Spirit under the law. And that's all there. And you need to go and understand how Paul addressed these people through that letter. In fact, in fact, he writes the letter of Galatia with his very own hands. It's not like the others. The others, he had somebody sitting there and he would dictate to this person and this person would write it down. But he was so worked up about Galatia, that the, the threat to the church there, that he picked up his very own hands and he had to write it in big letters, he said, because he had poor eyesight and bad eyes. He wrote that himself. And that is so profound and so good for us to understand. Now, I want to talk to you about walking in the Spirit. Because as you're going to see... When we're going to read through the scripture verses in chapter 5 of Galatians, it comes to two very interesting things. And it says that if you walk in the Spirit, then you are not under the law. If you walk in the Spirit, everybody say walk. If you walk in the Spirit, you are not under the law. In the Two weeks ago, I said, not I, the Bible said, Paul writes there to Timothy, he says, the law is not for the righteous. And I, I absolutely, if you don't understand it, still go and listen to that message again. The law is not for the righteous. It does not mean the law is not there anymore. The law is God's standard. And you, if you do not, if you are not born again, if you haven't done what's done on this table and accepted Jesus Christ, if He hasn't saved your soul, then you are still under that law. And you need to obey that law religiously, because that's how they did. And this is the second part thereof, where it says when you walk in the Spirit, you are not under the law. So let's have a look in the Word. We read in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. He says there, I say then, walk. Everybody say walk. He says, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit. And this is all of us in this room. 
the flesh always lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. It's like these two dogs fighting each other. And, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. Is that you? Come on, let's, let's face it. Is that you? Do you like church? It certainly is me. And it certainly is Paul. Because Paul says, the things I want to do, I'm going to do them. Is that you? Yes. Now I'm talking to people. <laughs> I thought I was preaching to the walls. <laughs> that is us. And, and he says there's a contrary going on. There's two factions against each other. And let me just say to you today, I do not preach a sinless perfection. I don't believe in a sinless perfection. You and I, whilst we're living in this body of sin, Paul says, he says, a wretched man that I am in the present tense, who will save me from this body of sin. While we live in this body, you will have this conflict going on. Yes, we are saved. Yes, we are righteous through the righteousness of Christ. Yes, we have that code of righteousness. But the, the, the fight is still continuing on as long as you live in this flesh. And this is what is coming down to here. But now we put something interesting in. It says, walk in the Spirit. And now he says in verse 18. You see, it wasn't me saying it. The word says it. But, everybody say but. but. If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Can you all see it clearly there? You are not under the law. If you are walking in the Spirit and if you are led in the Spirit. You see, there's an active side in this verse there which says we walk with Him and when we walk with Him we will not do the desires of the old nature. That's the active side. It is walking. If I walk, I'm active. And then the same scripture verse talks about another word here. He says we are led by Him. Have you noticed the two differences? Do you understand the two differences? We walk, that's an active thing. And then the passive side of this is when you are being led by Him, who's doing the leading? He's doing the leading. Who's the passive one? You are the passive one. He guides you the way. And all you need to do is you become active by walking, by obeying, by doing what He's saying. I can just say only now. That's a message in itself right there. And, and he puts it so beautifully out. The passive side, if you are being led by him, we will not be weighed down by the law. Have you noticed that he didn't put walk here and led there? It is because when we are led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, if he leads us, then it's no longer the law that weighs you down. Can you see that? Yes. And this is so powerful. Because this should set you free. We are not under the law. We are with the law of Christ now. Because we are following Christ and He's living in us. And this is where people get it so mixed up and entwined up. And they say you are exiting, you are pushing out the law. And we're not. We are led by the law. Now this is one of, one of, the most important verses in the Bible, this passage. And this is what we need to understand. This is why Paul goes on and he writes to the church in Galatia where they want to, where these Judaizers wants to bring them back to circumcision. And, and you sit here today and you say, but 
preacher, pastor, hell doesn't apply to me. We're certainly not going to do you know, all of these things. But yes, you can. You can still form yourself laws that you want to obey. And you obey those laws and you are not led by the Spirit. You do not walk in the full power of the Spirit. Who wants to walk in the full power of the Spirit this morning? So, there are three ways that people read this word. Three ways. This verse. There is the over-spiritualizing it. And we know these people, know me. People who come and they over-spiritualize it. You know, because we are talking about the Spirit. Can you see the Spirit? No, we can't. It's the spiritual realm. And by the way, if you come into a place where they talk about the realms, be careful, okay? Be very careful when they talk about realms. But it is what it is. It talks about the Spirit. And then you get these churches and they spiritualize it. They make it all spirit. And they talk about this realm. And they lay so much heaviness on the emotional experiences. You know, you need to experience. It's an emotional thing. And so many times these places will hype you up in their worship and they will get you into an emotional trance. And once you get into that emotional trance and you get all of these goosebumps going on and you get all of these, your hair stands up and so you go, wow, I'm walking in the spirit now. That is not it. That's right. That is not it. And this is it. It's not an emotional experience. Although we are emotional beings, we are emotional people, that's not what it is all about. You see, they will emphasize the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But let me just say, they do not understand the baptizing of the Holy Spirit. But they will overemphasize it. You know, I've been part of a church where they had these baptism services they would have. And they would go on late in the night. And it's just singing and singing and singing and singing and singing. And it's all about, you know, getting baptized, getting baptized. Can we hear you speak in tongues? Can we do this? Can we prophesy? All of these things. And you know what I find so many times? There's chaos. Chaos. And God is not in the order of chaos. No, no, God is not in that. But this is why people read that verse. They go, yeah, walk in the Spirit. You know, it is an emotional experience and you have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's truth in that, but we'll come to that. And they're overemphasizing the gifts. Have you seen that? Yes. When they overemphasize the gifts, they even go out and they say, if you don't speak in tongues, you are not saved. Well, that is not biblical. I don't care who said that. If it's a major, look, I'm not even trying to be anybody, but if there's major who's got followers all around the world and they say that to you, I want to say that they are deceived and not reading the scriptures. Okay? It's just what it is. But there's an overemphasizing of the gifts. What I did see about people overemphasizing gifts is they try to gain control of other people. Uh, God told me to tell you. You've heard that before? Yes. And I was in a church in South Africa where somebody came up to me and said the same thing to me. And I said, well, then God must be a gospel. <laughs> they were shocked. Yeah, they were shocked. She came up to me this lady and she said, well, you know, when I was praying, the Lord spoke to me about you. And I go, whoa, I'm in trouble. And then she said, the Lord said, I need to tell you. And I said, well, I was talking to the Lord this morning and he didn't say that to me. And, and, and I, there's nothing. I've got clear communication with God. Why would he? He's not doing what people, you see, this is the thing. People are bringing God down to man's level and think he needs to operate like man. He doesn't. 
God is on His own plane. There's no one on His plane. And when God does something, He doesn't do it like you want it to be done. And He speaks to me. And I said to this lady, no, no, I, I, I hear myself pray about it, but He spoke to me this morning. Thank you so much. Never again did God speak to her about me. <laughs> but there's an overemphasizing. You have these churches where they overemphasize those things. And, and there's always these spiritual revelations, you know. And they come to you and they say, there's the Bible, and it's now written, and since the last book in the Bible is written, you know, what about all of the new revelations that God gives us? There's even great places who's got an extra special book of the revelations of God, which they read from now. Mm. That is error. That's right. That is dangerous. That is not walking in the Spirit. I just want to tell you what it is not. It is not walking in the Spirit. And again, I absolutely don't care whether there's all of these big name people saying that if the Bible don't say it, all of their words will come to nothing. It will wash away. But His Word will stand forever. And then, and then there's these strange things, you know. And, and you know, one of the things they say, it just came to me this morning, I was praying there, and I was looking for the Scripture verse. You know, and they say, they always say to you, when this came over me, I couldn't help myself. Did you hear that? I couldn't help myself. You know, it, it just took over my body, and, and I was just a passenger along, and the Spirit did all these things through me. Now, I'm not making a joke out of those, but I will never in my life do that. But you see, the, the, the Bible never contradicts itself. I find that fascinating that Paul writes to the church in Corinth where these things happened. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32, and he says, And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Oh, oh, I know, I know, and I've seen where there is demon manifestations that people have got no control over their bodies. It's a different message, isn't it? But walking in the spirit, and this is how they would read that. They would overemphasize all of these things when they read this. But you need to walk in the Spirit and you need to pray. And somebody said to me one day, you need to pray and then you pray in. You pray and then you pray in. I go, wow, I've never prayed in in my life. Tell me what that is. You keep on praying, it takes hours to pray in. And I say there's nothing in the Bible about that. So that is the one thing. You know, there's three ways people read this verse. When they say walking in the Spirit. And they always try to make it so difficult for you to understand. But they understand it. They understand it. And for you to be able to walk in the Spirit like they walk in the Spirit. You need to listen to them. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is my what? My teacher. So uh, on that note let's look at the second one. You see there are those people... They read this and they are led by the flesh. They are led by the flesh because we are against this place. And they change the meaning of the verse. They change it to something like this. I will not carry out the lust of my old flesh and in that way I will be able to walk in the Spirit. It's a subtle change, brothers and sisters. I want you to look at this. It's a subtle change. If you go back to the verse, it says the flesh is fighting against the spirit. And they say, I will not carry out the lust of my old flesh. And because I'm not carrying it out, I will be able to walk in the spirit. But that's not what it is. 
Because if you read the verse like this, it will lead to guilt, to loss, and you continue to have the desires of the flesh. I'm not asking you this, I'm telling you this out of experience. If you start fighting your flesh in your own, in your own strength, you will lose. If you start setting yourself laws to confine your face, not to do the things you shouldn't do, you are going to lose. Why? The moment you set up a law, your face is fighting to rebel against it. Take me for instance. Everybody knows. You know what I'm going to say, brother. I love black forest cake. I mean, look at the size of me. I didn't grow this way just by eating carrots. Okay? But black forest cake is my weakness, and people, and my brother knows it very well. So I go to Costco, and have you seen the black forest cakes there? I mean, that is for a party, not for one person. But every time I walk past it, I go, man, I can dig into that. I absolutely know I can. So I buy one of those, the big one. But I can't buy it now in my house. <laughs> It's going to be a party. It's going to be a party for one. But I've got rules. You see, I've got law. I'm strong. And I put this big fat cake in my fridge. And you know what the rule is? <laughs> Only one small Asian. You and me as well, sister. Come on. Let's get out there. It's been I knew I could have one of them, Paulson. One in the is, is there more? Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to punch everybody out. But here we go. I'm sitting there in front. And look, in my house, if you've been in my office, is there. And the kitchen is right there. But I have got a law. I say, thou shalt eat one piece a day. That should last me then for 30 days at least. <laughs> oh, it's going stale. I better leave <laughs> And only a small piece, Phil. Only a small piece. And this is why, now I'm walking the spirit. I'm a man of faith. You all know me by now for long. I'm a man of faith. I sing hallelujah. I praise, I pray, I preach, and everything. I'm a strong man. I'm walking in the spirit. But I've set up my law. You see how easy it can come into your, your life. You think you're a strong person. Now I'm sitting there in front of my computer. I've had my cake for the day. It was beautiful. And now I'm working away. And I'm working away, and around about two hours later, I go, wow, these are all that I've never recognized before in my house. This is shout. It becomes so now like, like oh, because my face is fighting my spirit, and I know it's not good for me, you know what's going to happen? By the end of the day, I've eaten 10 pieces of <laughs> feel terrible. That's what sin does. That's what sin does. Sin I'm going to need this bread. Now I've learned not to buy them anymore. But even that's an all. So now I don't go to Costco's anymore. So that will become an all and I'll have to go to countries where there is no Costco's anymore. But that's what sin does. 
That's right. Yeah. This is why it doesn't work when you come in the flesh and you change the scripture. This is why you cannot fight the flesh with the flesh. You can only fight the flesh with the Spirit of God. This is why, you know, when these people wanted to bring in the law, if you think about the Jewish people in Galatia, they, the only thing they knew all of, they grew up as little babies, they went to the synagogues. You know how they make them love the law? These little ones would come into the synagogue and the first touch of the law, the, the, the law of Moses, the law of the Old Testament, the book of Moses, these children will sit there and the rabbis will come and they will have the law on a piece of paper and they will put honey, honey on this law. And they will come around and the children will take their lips and they will just bite down on that piece of paper and it tastes like honey. They, they love the law. They love the ordinances. It's like that cake in my fridge. I love that thing. They love the law. And now came that freedom through Christ. And now He preached to them liberty. And they set free from that. They are righteous now. And they are not under the law. It's not for the righteous. And it says now if you walk in the Spirit, you are not under the law. But the flesh is going back to what they had. Where's the proof of that? They came out of Egypt. And as soon as they ran into trouble, what did they say? We want to go back to Egypt. That's your flesh. And by the way, you're not alone. You laugh at me? <laughs> Yours may not be Black Forest Bay, but you've also got it. That's right. This is why I say, while we in this body even have this, so, if it's not the first, if it's not being led by the flesh, what is it then? There's a third way we need to understand what it means and then we need to obey. Everybody say obey. Right. Obey is the critical word in the Word of God. You can do whatever you do. If you do not obey the Word of God, you will not understand it. So, we need to understand what this is saying. But would you know that there are people even lazy to read their Bibles? And if they don't read their Bibles, how will they understand what is written in it? But you know me, I'm going to say it as it is. If you don't read your Bible, you're not going to understand this. Because it's written in your word. He says there, all of these words, he says, walk in the spirit, means the word of God. Now, there's an obedience that comes with it, and there is an understanding that comes with it. It is so powerful. You see, walk is often a metaphor for a practical way of your lifestyle, a practical way of living. If the Bible talks in the Old Testament about walking, that is your life, your lifestyle. You sit here today and you say you're a Christian, you know, all dressed beautifully this morning. I look at you and I say, man, you're a man and a woman of God. But then what is your lifestyle? Let me see your lifestyle. Because God is not looking at what you say, He's looking at what you do. And what you do is your lifestyle. What you do is that action. You remember these two things, the passive and the active one? The passive one is your walk. You remember Enoch? And Enoch walked with God and was no more. It, it's not only he walked with him. People is just thinking he walked with him physically. Yes, he did. But it was his whole lifestyle. He was a righteous man. Noah was felt righteous. Yes, Abraham. It's your lifestyle that he's talking about here. You see, 
we need to understand what this is. And we go back and we, we measure this walk now in the Old Testament. If you look at the word walk there, which is your lifestyle, we get it clear when it's written in Psalm 1 verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks. Everybody say walks. Walks. Not in the counsel of the ungodly. Is your lifestyle in the counsel of the ungodly today? He said to me, but preacher, I'm trying to win them over. No, no, no. If you, are, if you, if you, yes, by all means, if you go there and you proclaim the gospel to them, then you can make that statement. But if you've been with them for three years or four years or even six months or even a, even a month or even a week or even a day and you haven't been Christ, they're going to bring you down. They're going to bring you down. I've got people say to me, I'm in the Roman Catholic Church, and man, the Lord shook my heart, and I'm, I want to be born again, but you know, I'm going to stay there because now I want to win the Catholic Church over. No, no, you will not do that. You will not be able to. You need to come and walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit, everybody say stand. Stand. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Everybody say sit. Sit. But his delight is the law of the Lord and his law in meditates by God. Have you seen these actions here? Walk is your lifestyle. You walk. As long as you walk, you're in motion. You're in motion. I can change my direction in any which way I want to do. Because I'm walking. And that's what he's talking about here. In your motion, in your every day, when you go to work, you need to bring the Spirit of God which is already in you into your workplace. Don't let your workplace influence you. You influence your workplace. You go to your family. Your family are godless. You tell me they are godless. You tell me everything about them. But as you walk in motion and you bring your lifestyle to your family, how do they know you? We know you as a child of God, but how do they know you? Have they excommunicated you because you are now a Christian? They do it in the, in the Eastern world. In the Middle East. Now, this is an action you walk. He says, now, in this walk that you do, do not, do not sit in this council of the ungodly. You see the word council? Everybody say council. That's when the world tells you how you ought to live your Christian life. And isn't the world already doing it with us now, the governments, how we ought to live our Christian life? That's right. And then there's something interesting happening. Then he says, stand. Now, when I walk... I'm in motion and then I come, stand. And the Bible says we need to take a stand, isn't it? But the world also says you need to take a stand, if you know that. He yeah. says it there, he says, or stand in the path of the sinners. If you start standing, if you make a stand, you make a stand for something. You either stand for something or nothing somebody said. Well, I want to say to you, you either stand for the world or you stand for God. But once you stop in that position, you then see the path of the sinners and you either approve it or you disapprove it. You see how practical is the word of God? And, and now he comes to the next part. Now, if I stop, I've got a decision to make. I'm not in motion anymore. Have you noticed? Now, I, I've got to decide I want to move. And if I want to move, I need to start using muscles in my body to do that. My brain says to my leg, move. Yes? And then I move. It takes energy to move. Do not stop in this place if it's not in the face of God. And then it comes to this one, sit. And everybody is sitting right now. Are you relaxed? Are you all relaxed? Yes? Yes? You relaxed, brother? 
He's in the okay. There's no strain on your body. Everybody's okay. And this is where the devil wants you. He wants you not to walk in the spirit. He wants you to walk in the flesh and to come into a comfort zone. Are you comfort, my sister? You're sitting on the chair. The chair is taking all your weight. All you have to do is sit there. And some of you can even fall asleep sitting like that. You can't fall asleep when you walk, yeah? You can't fall asleep when you stand. Well, some people do, but they get a quick awakening once they eat them. But once you sit, once you sit, then you're comfortable. And you see the path of sin. It takes you from motion to stand to sit. And once you sit, you're in a comfortable zone. And it takes a lot more effort. Because if I'm sitting now, I need to push up. I need to use my strength in my body. And then I need to take that motion. Brothers and sisters, I pray the Lord shows you that walking is your lifestyle. And He says, do not get your lifestyle. Go down into counsel first of all. Then you stand in a path and then you take the seat of the scornful. He says the opposite of that is what? Delight in the Word of God. Everybody of us is alive on a path and traveling to the final destination. I've read the book. We're all going to die. Sorry to tell you that. There's no survivors. There's nobody coming to save you. But we're all going to live. Because the Savior is Jesus Christ. And he says, find the narrow road. Enter by the narrow road. Matthew chapter 7. You see, we need to walk in the power of the Spirit. How do we walk in the power of the Spirit? We allow Him to guide you. Isn't that right? Walking in the Spirit begins by being born again. Born again. If you are sitting here this morning and you are not born again, you don't know. You, you will not be able to walk in the Spirit. That's where it all starts. You ask me, how do I walk in the Spirit, Pastor? This is the first place. You are born again. That's where it begins. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. I love this verse. I love it. Look at this. It's so powerful. He says, in Him, you also trusted. Now, you will see how Brought it out the word trust and then. Are we looking at Bibles? Can you look at your Bibles? Is that in italics? Yeah. Can somebody check it out? Yeah? Why does it mean if it's in italics? It means it's not in the originals. Okay? But the translators, when they read it in context, they thought, yeah, that word trusted needs to be in there. So the translators from the original scriptures to English put that word in there. No, it's fine. It's fine. You can leave it there. But if you read the verse now, it says, In Him you also, after you heard the word of truth. So the focus now is not on me, but it's on who? On Him. The focus is on Him. Okay. He says, if you know, it says, In Him you also, after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. There's the gospel. In whom also, Having believed, everybody say believe. Have you believed in Jesus Christ? Then he's talking about you. You were what? Sealed with what? Sealed with? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Paul says, walk in the Spirit. I'm saying to you today, you cannot walk in the Spirit if you're not born again. But when you are born again, something miraculous happens. What happens? The moment He saves your soul, the Holy Spirit comes in and makes habitation within you. You are baptized at that point in time with the Holy Spirit. And then He writes this to the church in Corinth. 
He says, who was sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When did it happen? When your salvation happened. And you also having believed. This is when your salvation happened. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And of the purchased possession and place of glory. Hallelujah. You see, now with the Holy Spirit in living in you. He assists you in your prayer life. He assists you in understanding the Bible. He helps you to grow in patience. He helps you to grow in love. You receive the gift of the Holy, or the, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, 22. And those gifts you use to bless other people. Amen? Yeah. But there's another thing about it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Look at this verse. And again, this is one of the most powerful verses in the Bible as well. He says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. I preached on this two weeks ago. He imputed, imputed our sins upon Christ so that we might become the what? The righteousness of God. How, how wonderful is your born again, being born again? How wonderful is it? Guess what happened that day? You received the righteousness of God and the Holy Spirit came in my habitation within you and He sealed you. And now you start walking in the Spirit. You can't do it without being born again. Now, the second thing about walking in the Spirit, you can only walk in the Spirit if you understand and know Him. Do you know the Holy Spirit? It's quiet. Do you know the Holy Spirit? How well do you know Him? You see, people know God the Father. And they know Jesus. But a lot of people don't know the Holy Spirit. And you'd say, me, show that to me while I see how people do things and they say, that is the Holy Spirit. And I look at them and I say, that's not what the Bible says, is the Holy Spirit. It just tells me they don't know the Holy Spirit. And here it goes again. Jesus turned to his disciples in John 14, 16. He says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth from the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But, everybody say but. but. You know Him, for He dwells with you, and He will be in you. How well do you know the Holy Spirit? People even these days don't know that the Holy Spirit is a person. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is a person? Well, we preach about it. You can go on YouTube. I'll preach about it. There's many preachers who preach about it as well. But then you're going to be well when you start preaching reading. You can quench the Spirit. That's right. And do not do that. And here it is, you know, people don't understand the Holy Spirit. They just see what other people do. And, and excuse me for saying it, but it's so true. Monkey see? And they never go back to the Bible and read the Bible and understand what the Spirit is all about. And what is the power of the Spirit. Because Jesus said to His disciples, He said, go in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you will receive power. Power to be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the world. That word therefore power is dynamis. Two words comes from it. Dynamite and dynamo. But if you look at some churches today, they just want the dynamite. Mm. Let's just grow this place. You know? Let's just get... No, no. We need the dynamo to be witnesses to Him. But people don't understand Him. Let me give you a few observations and then we'll finish. To many Christians, the Holy Spirit is a mystery. 
Because it's a spirit, isn't it? It's a mysterious world. And for them, he is a mystery. This is why they believe all these false things that comes their way. Who knows about that Taronga blessing? You know, the Taronga blessing is not a blessing from God. You can say, well, and again, you know, I'm a small little guy down here in Cunningham. I don't care. But there's these big name preachers who, who, who you know, say, oh, there be some good things that can No, nothing good can come from that. You do not blaspheme God. But you know, if you don't know the Holy Spirit, you will go with anything you see. Because it's so mysterious. It is mysterious, I must admit. The Holy Spirit is mysterious, but it's not. Because it's so clear in scriptures. The Father we know, the Son we know, but what about the Holy Spirit? And a few believers understand who He is, why He came, and what He does. And not, not a lot of people understand that in churches today. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Christians here. Why did the Holy Spirit come? Do you know why He came? Do you know what He's doing? This is so powerful. And this is why I say, walking in the Spirit, you can only talk about it. You can only do all of these funny things people put under the banner. You can dim the lights. You can get the smoke machines in. You can do whatever you want to do. It is not the Holy Spirit. It is not. It's not his work to come and to hype up a, a, a worship service. I mean, nowhere in the Bible about that. But yet, that's the emphasis. Many know nothing about his power, his indwelling, his anointing, his intercession, his gifts. That, and by the way, let me not start on the gifts, but his gifts that they don't understand the gifts. Paul says to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, Do not be ignorant about the spiritual. And, and in fact, if you go there, he uses the word gifts in italics in that very first verse. And then you need to understand the rest of the passage. And that also do not understand the fruit that is produced through the Spirit that needs to work through them. You see, walking in the Spirit is a daily experience and it's based on three things. Three things. You feed on the Word, you pray, and you obey. That's walking in the Spirit. I'm so sorry if you came here to hear something and you know, you know now we're going to lay hands on it. It's funny. No, no, that's not going to happen here. And if you say to me, oh, but you are quenching the Spirit in the church, I, I disagree with you. I can tell you testimony about testimony how the Holy Spirit worked through the Scriptures and changed lives. So don't come and tell me we need to have fun stuff going on. I can tell you, and there's an endless line of testimonies I can tell you for over the 30 years that I've been privileged to preach this book and to see how it transformed life. Don't come with me with that other things. I'm telling you what I've seen with my very own eyes through this word, how the lives was transformed. Now people wanted to kill themselves and you open up the scriptures to them and God reached out from out of these scriptures and touched their lives and saved not only them but also their families. So don't go with me, you know, and, and look, I, again I say to you, if, if you're upset with all of these things and you were part of those things, I'm glad you're upset, upset about it, because it says the Spirit's working. Amen. There is power when you feed on the Word of God. And, and let me just tell you, by the way, brothers and sisters, if you start reading the Word of God, you will have a direct path of how to walk in the Spirit. You will have that path. You feed on the word, you pray in your way. Let me show you this practically, okay? Let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. 
Look at this, it's powerful. Paul writes here to the church in Ephesus. He says, do not be drunk with wine and with dissipation, but be filled with what? Now there is a baptism in the Spirit and there is a filling in the Spirit. Yes, there is. There is a baptism in the filling. And, and you know, we can talk about that. But once you are filled with the Spirit, what starts to happen? You speak to one another in what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And what do you do? Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Who's causing these things to happen? The Spirit is causing it. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we can sing. We can sing hymns and we can sing our psalms and our spiritual songs. And it's a melody in our hearts to the Lord. And then in verse 20 says, giving thanks always. Everybody say giving thanks. <laughs> always for all things. Everybody say all things. Does that mean good and bad? Yes. I'm just saying good and bad. And to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you sit there in a restaurant and you pray over your food, what do you do? You say, Father, I thank you for this food in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes? Are you still doing that or are you ashamed to pray in public? I'm just mentioning it. Verse 21. Submitting. Everybody say submitting. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. This is a very powerful passage. You know, people say to me, what is the evidence of the Holy Spirit living in people? And what did you hear the people say? The gifts. Isn't it? Straight to the gifts. We make, we make a beeline to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gifts. Well, and then they also just go to the gifts which is speaking in tongues and prophecies and all of these things. And it is evidence. If you start speaking in, a, in tongues and if you prophesy, it is evidence of the Holy Spirit. By God, it stands right there. But there's also diversities of ministries. Did you know that's also gifts? Diversities of ministries. The brothers who are doing the table, the Sunday school. Uh, you come out and you do something, you know, you reach out to somebody with a glass of cold water. You minister to somebody, you go out in the streets, that's a gift. It's show. Why would you do it for Christ? And then there's a, a third, diversities of what things that happen. Okay, so there's a much thing. But people first go there, but they never come here. I'll tell you what is the science of the Holy Spirit in somebody. There's three things in our scripture here. There's joy. Who knows that the joy of the Lord is our strength? I look at some Christians, man, and I don't see any joy. No joy. Now, I'm not saying you need to walk around every day. Are you doing well? Yeah, I'm ready. Why? Because I'm joy. No, no, no. no. You, you, you can be, I've seen people in the most devastating times in their lives, but there's joy in them. There's joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. That's the sign of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because look at these people. They were persecuted in that first century. They, they were saying things that you know. They lost their jobs. They lost their, their lives. They lost their families. They were persecuted. But when they came together, they were filled with the Spirit and they sing psalms, scripture. They were joyful. And what is the second thing? Thankfulness. You know, I know some Christians, whenever you get into the midst, they just complain. You know, it's one thing after another. One thing after another, just complain. Complain about the family, complain about the dog, complain about the cat, complain about the preach, complain about this. And where is the thankfulness about what God's giving you? Look around you. 
breathe. There's people lying in old age homes which can't breathe properly anymore in hospitals. There's people who say without food. There's people whose, whose houses are washed away. There's people, and here you are complaining about every single thing under the needs to hot, they needs to cold, they needs to wet, they needs to dry. I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking about Christians. And here is a sign of thanks, thanks for all things. He, he, there's a purpose here. And then there's submissiveness. I know people they just now I don't submit. I I look by the way, I'm not asking you to submit to me. I'm submitting to Christ and that's who you submit to. But as we come together in the church, we submit to one another. I submit to you as much as you submit to me. That's why we have a, a peaceful gathering together. You say, Wow, that's good, you've been filled in the spirit. Let me show you this. This is cool and then we'll pray. Look in Colossae when he writes to Colossae. He writes the same thing. He says, and then the peace, everybody say peace of God. Grow in your hearts to which you will also fall in one body. So wow, wait a minute. We were called to what? We were called to the peace of God. He says, the peace of God needs to rule in your to which you will also fall in one body. Be we what church? Thankful. That's what he said there. Give thanks. Be thankful. Let that word of Christ. Where's the word of Christ? Let the word of Christ dwell in richly in you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with what? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's exactly the same. That's joy. That's thankfulness. And whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Father through Him, submitting to one another. That is it. If you see this, and now I know there's false joy, but you can look right through false joy easily. But then there's the joy of the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. So, do you understand? And by the way, this is one sermon. I mean, you can preach a whole series about it. I'm just putting it all together. Because I do want to get to the letter of Peter. I promise you we're going to do Peter this year. Amen? But walk in the Spirit. Do you understand something now about walking in the Spirit? I just want to say at the end here, you know, I, you know, I preached one time on this and somebody said to me, you are, you are caging the Holy Spirit. I will never. I cannot cage the Holy Spirit. You cannot face the Holy Spirit. I've seen the Spirit of God. I've seen it in this church. In this last eight years, that means those welcome. We've seen so many people in this church. So many. Many people before you. There were many people sitting here, and they've gone now. Some of them moved to Queensland, and some of them moved to other parts of Australia. David and Rosemary would know some of those people, and so on, and you would know. And you know what? Some of them I still got contact with and I can see the change in their lives. Mm -hmm. Have you changed under the Word of God? Is there one person in this place that will say, Preacher, I've changed under the Word of God? Is there one? Yes. I rest my case. Walking in the Spirit is not a mystical thing. We follow the in the Scriptures of God. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you all for your mercy and your grace. Father, we thank you for your word as we open it up. And Father, we are not seeking what the world are seeking. We are seeking what you are want to show us. We want to walk in the Spirit and then we want to be led by the Spirit. So that we don't walk under the law. We thank you for the law, Lord. The law was good. And as Paul said, the law is good when it's used lawfully. 
but it's not for the righteous. So Father, we don't want to become under the law. We want to work for the 